And welcome, everybody, to another Strange Uncle's Oddities. Um, on this one, it's going to be kind of a short one. Uh, we're actually going to break this up, maybe put this into another um, Oddities as well. But uh, it's just amazing when you hear these short little stories in history that they really don't give any ground. They don't have – there's not really a lot to them, but at the same time, uh, you know, and, and we've done this when we actually do articles or write-ups. I, I stumble on something, and I think it's really awesome, and I start researching it, only to find that I really can't get anything substantial. But it works well here. So I uh, have a few little tidbits for you about some just weird things in history that uh, kind of gave us the chills. So here we go. When Amalia Dyer was a nurse in Victorian England, unwed mothers would ostracize for having children out of wedlock. Uh, they turned to baby farmers. No kidding, that was the term. I looked it up. They secretly find adoptive parents for their infants. And Dyer was one of the women who claimed to provide this exact service. However, instead of turning the infants over to couples seeking to adopt, Dyer murdered the babies and pocketed the money. Oh, what a nice nanny. Uh, Dyer advertised for her services with one of her sample ads in the newspaper reading, Married couple with no family would adopt healthy child, nice country home, terms. Um, ten dollar, ten or whatever this is, England. Um, however, after collecting the money, she did away with the children by starvation, strangulation, or poisoning them with mother's friend, which was a weird chemical concoction um, that actually poisoned them. Evidently, however, after collecting the money, she did away with the children by starvation, strangulation, or poisoning with a little concoction she mixed up called mother's friend. Early in her career, Dyer claimed to foster children and then reported the infant's death to the coroner. When the coroner became suspicious of the amount of casualties among Dyer's charges, she was sentenced to six months in jail for neglect. Oh, there you go. Once free, Dyer avoided seeking death certificates and instead began throwing her victims into the River Thames. The body of one baby pulled from the river was found with tape wrapped tightly around her neck and a clue on the papers around her body led the police right back to Dyer. On May 22, 1896, Amelia Dyer was found guilty and then hung at Newgate Prison on June 10, 1896, uh, that same year. It is unknown just how many infant lives she took, but her demise helped generate official venues where unwed mothers could safely put their children up for adoption. So I guess there's, you know, a light at the end of the tunnel, right? Anyway. On January 25th, 1998, Tom and Eileen Lonergan headed to the Great Barrier Reef to scuba dive and were never seen again. The Lonergans were serving in the Peace Corps in Fiji when they decided to stop and scuba dive on the way back to their home in Louisiana. 33-year-old Tom and 28-year-old Eileen joined 24 other passengers on a boat manned by Jeffrey Nairn, a diving company outer edge to dive St. Crispin's Reef in the Great Barrier Reef. The Lonergans entered the water with everyone else, when the divers returned to the boat and headed back to the shore later that day, the couple was nowhere to be seen and not on board. In fact, it would be two days before the crew discovered the Lonergan's belongings on the boat and realized they had abandoned their pastures 25 miles off the coast of Queensland. Oh, great headcount, people. Search and rescue teams covered the Lonergan's diving gear as well as their dive slate, which read, To anyone who can help us, we have been abandoned on aging court reef 25th of January, 1998, 3 p.m. Please help us come to rescue us before we die. Help. The Lonergan story inspired the 2003 horror film Open Water, and speculation continues as to what happened to this young couple. They may have been drowned or been eaten by the aggressive tiger sharks that... Sharks that um, they may have been drowned or been eaten by the aggressive tiger sharks that populate the waters. Uh, that sucks, man. I couldn't even imagine. Oof. 
Next on the list here. 1986. 1,800 people perished from a freak natural disaster at Lake Noyos in Cameroon. Lake Noyos was filmed by subterranean volcanic activity and, like most crater lakes, contained high levels of carbon dioxide. Normally, the gas dissipates, but because Lake Nios is unusually deep and still the CO2 accumulates far below the surface. On August 21st, 1986, something caused an explosion in the lake. Nobody knows what it was. The waters of Nios rose nearly 300 feet in the air, and CO2 erupted into an eerie white mist that suffocated people and livestock as far as 14 miles away. Good goddamned. Until scientists could examine the area, there was widespread confusion and fear as nearly 3,500 cattle and 1,800 people perished as a result of the creeping white mist. Since the disaster, scientists from around the world have worked to solve the mystery of the 1986 explosion to figure out ways of mitigating future risks. For the people living near Lake Nios, it remains a beautiful but dangerous part of their geographical and cultural landscape, and I'm sure that story goes, um, goes around for sure. Ah, crazy. Lastly, June and Jennifer Gibbons, dubbed the Silent Twins, were born on April 11, 1963, to parents who were originally from Barbados but had moved to Britain. As the children developed, their parents, Gloria and Aubrey Gibbons, noticed that they were not speaking normally and indeed began to only talk to each other in a made-up language. The only black children in the British school of all white classmates, June and Jennifer were bullied mercilessly, giving them even more incentive to turn to each other. According to psychologists who examined the twins, they not only spoke in their own language, but also seemed to be able to communicate non-verbally and at times and almost appeared as though one twin would inhabit the other. In an effort to force the girls to speak with others by sending them to separate schools, that failed miserably. Both of them became almost catatonic and were eventually reunited. June and Jennifer began writing fantasy fiction that included stories of violence and crime, some of which actually was published. They began experimenting with drugs and alcohol, and then, in 1981, they were arrested for arson and sent to Broadmoor, where they were both heavily drugged with antipsychotic medication. After 11 years, in March 1993, they were sent to a low-security facility, but Jennifer perished of a sudden inflammation of the heart at just 29 years old. Right after Jennifer's passing, June suddenly began communicating normally with other people, dropping the unknown language she used with her twin. June claimed that she knew she would only be able to do so once her sister was gone, making Jennifer's death at such a young age even more mysterious. The full story of June and Jennifer, the fascinating silent twins, was told um, by their friend who was a journalist, Marjorie Wallace, in her book, The Silent Twins. Oh, so there's a book out there like that. Interesting. Uh, I've never heard that story. That's... um. That's crazy. Anyway, so there you have it. Just odd little snippets in history. Um, obviously, a lot of them don't have uh, very good endings, uh, but nonetheless, uh, titillating. So, hopefully you enjoyed that. Stay strange, my friends. 